let me be the one to take you out, buy you things, drape you in designer names. Let me be the one who shows you you're a queen, endorse and supports all your dreams. Truthfully, girl, I'm trying to be it. Let me be the let me be one, the, two, Hold you she down. Said, I bet that you got a lot of hoes, nah, baby. but I do got a lot of goals. I got a taste for music and art, and I'm currently copying more. Don't wanna help, they ain't got it though. I'm getting there without it though. I made it too easy, hustle on Nipsey, all money in, screaming. And hey, you with the beautiful eyes, your aura, I'm feeling your vibe. You should not have to look at these guys. You look way too good for these guys. You need a man that's fly, a man that ride, a man that get it. everyone and welcome back to another edition of Fewercast, our film effect weekly entertainment recap podcast dedicated to all the latest news in entertainment and film. Happy Friday if you're listening to us the day this episode drops. Otherwise, happy whatever day of the week it is while you're listening. I'm Ed and with me as usual, the usual suspects, Andrew, Justin, and Corey. How we doing fuckers? Hey now. Uh, Andrew, say hello. Hello. All right, cool. And uh, I have I have two ways to say hi uh, in honor of Sean, who's not here tonight. So yippee kaye, motherfuckers, and then this TV edit, yippee kaye, Mister Falcon. <laughs> there you go. One of my, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that shit. It's one of my favorite all time TV edits. Yippee kaye, Mister Falcon. There's that one, and there's the one from um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, where the sign I hate. Of course, says I hate everyone, or something like that. It's it's weird, um, but yeah, the music that brought us in this week comes from my buddy Darnell Williams, aka Cash Cobain, with his new single "The One," now available on all music platforms and also via links in the episode notes. And speaking of platforms, check us out on both Facebook and Instagram at the Film Effect Podcast for all announcements and up to the minute updates. Follow us on Twitter at Film Effect Pod for the best way to interact or hear from us. If you're on TikTok, then we're on TikTok. Follow along at Film Effect Podcast. And finally, all electronic forms of mail can be sent on over to the Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Please send over your five star ratings and positive reviews, whether it's via Apple, Spotify, or by going to the Film Effect Podcast.com slash reviews. Any form of feedback helps us tremendously. And would be much appreciated in so many ways. Help spread the word. And now that I got that all out of the way, let's tighten that grip and bring on the drip. All right. Um. Oh, real quick too. I also wanted to um uh, congratulate uh. Big fan of the show, uh, personal friend of 75% of us tonight, uh, Ben Metzger, uh, on his engagement. I know he's listening, so I just wanted to uh, do a little shout out, Ben, to you and your fiance now. It's 
kind of crazy little Ben's engaged now, but yeah, congratulations. Damn, congratulations. I didn't know all that. Big yeah. ups, man. Yeah, congrats, Ben. Awesome. I see they're yeah. all doing great down there in Florida. Good for them. Yeah, that's what I said. Bet you guys. I don't, I don't know, Ben, but congratulations, Ben. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Has, uh, has Miss Shar and Tom moved down there too? I don't Char and Mr. Know. Tom? I don't know if they still have the house up in Hereford or if they moved down, or I'm sorry, Parkton, or if they moved down to uh, Florida. I, I, I'd imagine they're in Florida. Uh, they're, they're, all, all the sons are down there. I mean, pretty much everyone's bailed out of here within the last five years or so. I think Andy kept going down there saying, oh, I'm just going to visit, going to visit. And then finally it's like, oh, yeah, I, I met someone. And then it's, oh, yeah, I'm having a kid. And it's, oh, yeah, I'm married. It's like, oh, yeah, now you're in Florida. So, uh, you know, I'm happy for him. I really am. You know, I, I personally like it here but you know to each their own they they wanted to get out they, they couldn't stand it they actually acted on their emotion and just packed up and headed down south like a lot of people do apparently so you know but I'm happy for them like I said just like I'm happy for anyone who gets that opportunity whether it be Sean's mother who moved down there within the last five years or so and of course you know all the Metzgers Andy, Allen, and Ben, and whoever else. Oh, my grandparents, or my grandmother, of course, uh, and uh, my cousins, and a lot of people do. So, anyway, uh, let's not turn this into a Florida podcast. Anyway, we wanted to talk about um, getting things started off with a rare political note and just get this statement out of the way. I just wanted to say I cannot believe that this is 2022 and I'm currently living in a world where a former president encouraged a mob of pissed off gullible fable fans to attack our capital. A deadly virus has taken the lives of millions, yet a good chunk of the population compares it to the flu or common cold. And now Roe v. Wade is about to be overturned if reports are correct. Other than the ones I just produced, I, 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 I have no words, gentlemen. I have no fucking words about this. This is crazy crazy fucking times we're living in and they're only getting crazier so yeah i'm not i'm not a uh, a republican at all but i gotta give them credit man they played a long fucking game this is something they've been trying to do for over 40 years now and i mean roe versus wade's only been around for just under 50 but almost from day one they've had this plan to attack it and they never gave up on it and they got the numbers in the Supreme Court to do it. I like these people that are acting surprised. Like Susan Collins is like, I feel like I was lied to. It's like, yeah, bitch. Like everybody <laughs> knew at the time they were fucking lying to you. Like yeah. you're dumbass. Like I, I don't. I just figured she knew she was being lied to, but it, it was on her side. You know, it was her team, so she went along with it. But I mean, she must be a real fucking moron to not have seen this coming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane to me. I mean, I've been following it myself. I'm pretty big into politics, too. Um, and even though I'm a registered Republican, there's a lot of things that I highly disagree with Republicans. I definitely didn't vote for Donald Trump because that guy's fucking insane. But besides that, like, I've never understood, like, why they're so against abortion. Like, it blows it absolutely blows my mind, like just how hardcore they are against it. I'm like adamantly pro-choice. But as I get older, 
I used to have no tolerance for the pro-life argument, none whatsoever. But as I get older, I understand. I don't know if it's a factor of having my own kids or what, but I, I get why people feel the way they do about it. I don't agree. And that used to be the way we did things in this country is you just didn't agree with people. And that was okay. That's not such a thing anymore. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think this is a good thing. Um, but I do get that some people view it as, as murder and they feel strongly about it. And, and not even necessarily from a religious standpoint, I don't well, have and- the religious part of it, but I, I get where people are coming from, even though I don't agree with them. I, I was going to say, I mean, that's also it. I mean, they coincide. Republicans are also extreme religious. Uh, again, I'm not, but most Republicans are. So I feel like that's kind of what coincides with it. And I mean, we're not we're not talking about like personal beliefs or, or anything here. We're talking about like human lives. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's the evangelicals that, that have been pushing this thing for the better part of 40 some years now. So, you know, it's they they won. They got a victory. Yeah, no. I just like I said, not gonna turn things political. Fuck that. Just wanted to get that off my chest. It's like I said, a rare time. Or, I mean, it's a rare thing for me to do that. So anyway, uh, let's kick things off with um, uh, kind of a later note. This one I saw uh, last Friday around the time this episode dropped. But Sandler and the Safties are reuniting. Um, I don't know if any of you guys Ooh. caught that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, it's uh, let's see here. They're working hard on it. Their work ethic is bananas. They're always working, always writing, always thinking. I don't know what I can tell you, but it's going to be very exciting. It's different, but I don't know. But but I don't want them to ever say what the hell did you just you know tell him that for. Uh, so I'll just let them talk about it. I, I hate the way quotes are written out sometimes. Sorry about that. So yeah, um, I like I said, it's it's very early. Nothing is really discussed as far as plot. It's just now. Wasn't there a they're photograph? Doing something. Was that was that from? I saw a picture of Shane earlier. He was like all bloodied up and had like toilet paper shoved in his nose. Well, those uncut gems. That was from uncut gems because he yeah. looked different. He looked. No, he looked like uncut. he had more, like longer hair, not long hair, but just more full than it was. No, that's gems. that was all like the promotion photos and stuff. Okay. Was was that? And plus, of course, that. How Ratner looks like that throughout the movie, but that was a big, like a marketing push. Like when the film was like at TIFF and all the the mar- uh, festivals and stuff. Like that was the poster going around was just a black and white portrait of of Sandler in, in the the character with the the, the TP in his nose and stuff like that. So I just want to say I'm down for whatever they oh, do. Yeah. I don't care what it is. The yeah. Safties have won me over. Like two huge hits for me good time and uncut gems so yeah i'm down for whatever and if the sandman's in i'm hoping it'll be another go and i hope and i hope he gets recognition if it's another great performance i hope his reputation doesn't uh drag that down and he actually gets recognition if it's another good performance like it was in uncut gems i'm still bitter that he didn't get nominated for that like academy award wise yeah i i yeah i don't know the like awards type people might hold a grudge against him for his comedies. But I think like film fans and critics are able at this point to differentiate between your, you know, like a happy Madison movie or a, um, uh, you know, like 
uh, punch drunk love or an uncut gems. Like I think people know that that Sandler's capable of that at this point. Uh, in the in the academy's defense, um, which is rare for me to say, that they that was a stacked year that they didn't nominate him for uncut gems because it, it was just like four out of the five nominations were locked and I can't even pull up. I'm not even trying to pull up what it was and and recite all that, but I remember like four of the five categories were all but a lock and then everything else was just up to this the different uh, roles and actors and stuff were just competing for this fifth spot. And unfortunately, Sailor did not make the cut, um, although I feel differently about that. Uh, well, but I yeah, mean, whatever it is. Andrew? I apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's why I stopped. But okay. I mean, I, I don't think he deserved to get a nod for Academy. I mean, it wasn't that type of performance, but for what it was for Adam uh, Sandler and the characterisms that he usually plays, this was a complete step out of the box, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I respectfully disagree. I, I believe that that, nominate, that, that that role just had nomination written all over it. I just feel like if he couldn't get nominated for that, what is he going to be able to ever get nominated yeah. for? I mean, if he would have been, I feel like if he were to be nominated for anything, it should have been a uh, rain over me. Maybe eh, yeah. that was just, that was a, that was uh award bait. That was that, that film just, I well, don't know. Sure, I'm not, but I don't think they the said more, think- No, I'm sorry. I just wrote that's real quick. Just the, the, the older I get, and the, the I've seen the film a couple times over the last several years, and I, I don't know. I don't have the the love for it like I used to, so I feel indifferent about Rain Over Me now. Um, I'm not that older a little bit. I just feel like the film kind of depends too much on like the 9/11 aspect of things, and I feel like a lot of the stuff in the film is like I said, just too much. Like it's just it's pandering. Clearly, yes, pandering. It's award pandering. Yes, thank you. Um. So, yeah, Andrew, what were you saying? No, I was going to say, I don't really think that movie was digging for awards. I mean, sure, give them credit where credit is due, but I don't think they were really digging for awards on on Cut Gems. But at the same time, like, I I don't know. I don't know what the competition he was up against. I just, to me, it didn't really feel like they were shooting for an Academy Award. You know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. I don't think so either. I just think Uncut, they were just trying to make a kick-ass movie and it just turned into, you know, talk about awards. I don't think they were you know, going for awards bait. I think Rain Over Me was, not Uncut Gems. While, while we're on the subject, the award that actually kind of shocked me, I'm surprised he got it, and I don't really think they were going for it, but damn, did they deserve it, uh, Whiplash. J.K. Simmons, when he won uh, Best Supporting. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, everyone knew he was going to get that nomination. I mean, I, that that film... Sure, just, I knew, we knew he was going to get nominated, but you watch that film, it's like, damn, he won that. I mean, he deserved it, because that yeah. show was intense. But when it's I amazing. think of intense roles, much like Uncut Gems, I think of that. And that's definitely how you just, like, nail that shit. Well, it's, it's a great film. Um, I, I, I just... I, 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 I bit. I, I pulled up the, the awards for... 2019, so Best Supporting Actor, no, he'd be Best Actor, Best Actor, we got Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Joker, of course, Leo, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, um, those three were the locks, everyone knew that those three were going to get nominated, 
And then we had Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory and Jonathan Price for the two popes that really kind of threw people for, you know, out, out of the loop because I didn't really expect Price to get nominated over Sandler. But it happened, so. Anyway, moving on. Um, I, I caught this and I felt like it, got, it was worth bringing it up. Um, so Jamie Bell was, uh, I guess, doing some reflecting on the Fantastic Four. For those of you who don't remember, in the 2015 <laughs> version, he was the thing. Um, and yeah, he doesn't have the kindest things to, about the film to say. He made a comment here. I'm going to pull it up here. Who does have anything kind to say about that movie? Well, he was talking, he was on, uh, he was having a chat with Andy Cohen when, um, on Cohen's serious show. And Bell touched on the films briefly. Oh, he touched on the film during the conversation and talked about the film's Rotten Tomato score, which is a 9%. And he called the film ill-fated and a disaster. Cohen tried to put a positive spin on Bell's comments by saying the stars of the film have risen considerably since the movie's release and that it might be deserving of a rewatch. And Bell warned him against it by saying, no, I don't think it deserves a second look. Save your money, save your time. So that Agreed. Movie, that, I mean, <clears throat> I tried to watch that film in a so bad it's good aspect back when it came out. And I just couldn't, I, I couldn't even get through it. I, I haven't even finished that movie no, to this it's, day. It's the worst sin a movie can commit. Not being bad necessarily or just being bad shit. It's just boring. Like, it's just middle of the road. Like, it, you know, it, Trank had issues with the studio and we end up with this fucking mediocre product that's boring. Like, that's the yeah. worst, being bored. Two. Two and two and a half star movies are my least favorite fucking movies on the planet for that very reason, Corey. Like they, it, it's just, just be like, just awful or or good or great. Like just the waste of my time for an hour and a half to two hours is just, it's it's infuriating. Yeah, like you know when I turn movies off, which you know doesn't happen often, but. It's usually like the middle of the road movies, like the last movie that I can remember that I shut off. It was like, I'm actively just not going to watch it. Like I didn't fall asleep. I wasn't doing anything else. I was just like, nah, I'm just going to shut it off. I don't need to watch the rest of this was the Liam Neeson movie, Cold Pursuit. And I'm not saying that movie was bad. (laughs) And I know some people have fans, but it's just the same shit. And it was just boring. Like I was just like, I'm bored. It's the same shit I've already seen Liam Neeson do. I'm done. I just shut so up. I don't need to watch say, it. So if you're not saying it's bad, then what the fuck are you saying it is? Boring. Not worth your time. Yeah, just mediocre. Mediocre is the worst. Like <laughs> e- even something if it's terrible, there's something right. to be said for that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I watched. Uh, uh, what was it? A little while back, that it was a foreign and an animate that animated Pinocchio movie with Pauly Shore as the fucking lead voice <laughs> and John Heater as a horse. Whoa, 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 back up. This is real. <laughs> this actually happened. It is a real movie. It's like adventures of Pinocchio. It is like this cheap German made Pinocchio movie <laughs> where I'm pretty sure like the U S casting cast Polly Shore on purpose just to make fun <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> And it is the most fucking spellbinding, hilarious shit you can watch. 
terrible movie, god-awful animation, god-awful voice acting, but I can watch that all the way through and get enjoyment out of it. Uh, if you guys haven't heard of it, look it up. It is, like, mesmerizing, listening to Polly Shore in that role. No, no wheezing the juice. No, it is. What the hell? How does he do it? Like, um... He, he talks like this the whole time. He's like, Father, can I please go be a real boy? And, like, he leaves and joins the circus, and then the horse becomes his fucking dad. John Heater is the horse becomes... You can be my dad but now, I didn't horse. Do it. Come on, broski. And then he Go does like some sound effects too. Chill. Like he's on the horse and he's like skittish, 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 skittish. Like it's just <laughs> crazy shit. Like you have to look it up. I can't even do it a fucking proper whatever. Uh, anyway, I haven't let's... seen a Parley Shore film in so long. I don't even remember exactly what it properly sounds like. Yeah. And maybe that's for the best. I thought I knew too, but that's yeah. Anyway, I guess I haven't watched Encino Man uh, recently enough. Um, so let's shift gears. Aha! To some Fast Ten news, because why not? And because Sean's not here, <laughs> so uh, I don't know where to begin. Uh, we can start with the replacement, Justin Lin. Of course, we talked about it last week. Uh, just up and quit after the first week of production of Fast Ten. Sorry, Fast X. And so uh, Louis Leterrier is replacing him. Um, people are like, who is Louis Leterrier? So the director of the Transporter films, the first two, um, he's kind of like a, a Luc Besson ripoff in a sense, I guess, <laughs> is like the best that way to put that it. good. He I'm did the Incredible Hawk, too. He did the Incredible Hawk, yes, from Marvel. So he's got that under his belt, and then he also did uh, Unleashed, the uh, Jet Li film that me and Corey <laughs> talked about recently. <laughs> Where Bob Hoskins yells at Jet Li like a dog half the movie. That's yeah, the reason I like that movie. Yeah, and only this time it's going to be Vin Diesel yelling at Lewis like he's a dog the whole time, because apparently that's <laughs> how he treats uh, the the people. So let's go. Let that's it's the same song and dance, dude. But. I don't feel. How do you go from Justin Lin, and um, they had did they have F. Gary Gray for one recently, um, and you had Justin James Wan, of course. How do you go from all those directors to fucking Louis Leterrier, who hasn't done like a relevant movie? And let me pull up this fucker's filmography. He had to be from like. Wh- the list and like nobody else either everybody else was busy everyone's doing like something, or everyone turned it down said, everyone was like oh no i'm not tackling right that i'm beast. not with vin diesel exactly it's so it's those two things combined because right, get the guy who made the transporter movie because you know people in hollywood they talk of course so like they know the reputation this film has been getting and how the reputation of it has been over the last dude this guy hasn't really done a film um So he did okay. He did a film that came out this year called The Takedown, which is apparently a French film, French action comedy. Has he done a movie that is not straight to DVD ever? His last film in the states was that Grimsby, the Brothers Grimsby. Oof. The Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and before that, he did the first Now You See Me film. Um. Eh, that's okay. okay. That movie was That's-, good. 
Yeah, that's the last hit he's had, definitely. But yeah, Transporter Unleashed, Transporter 2, Incredible Hawk, Clash of the Titans, Now You See Me, Grimsby, The Takedown, and Fast X. How the hell did he land this job? They must have really been digging down that fucking list of directors. A lot of people must have been telling them to pack sand and and just walk away from this altogether. They're like, who is that director that did Clash of the Titans? Oh, this guy? Yeah, that movie sucked, but let's get him anyway. No, I just have a feeling he happened to be in the Starbucks and uh, like they were on a call in the Starbucks and they're like, we have a director, we have a director, that fucking guy over there. And it's just (laughs) turned out to be this guy. He was just he, in the same Starbucks. He takes his jacket and he tries to put it over his head like hide himself. I mean, he probably thinks this is a fucking dream job for him. Lo and behold, once he gets the fucking production week two and has to deal with Vinny. Oh, Vinny. Jesus goddamn Christ. So let's get into the details on what caused Justin Lin to uh, step down, get out of this thing. Well, he's still on board as a producer, but at least he's not. he's no longer there like quote-unquote, running the show. Um, so, yeah, it was reported that Lynn's choice to exit the franchise came down to creative differences, but that the parting was amicable between both the studio and himself. The Hollywood Reporter has released a revealing new report that sheds a little light on why Justin Lynn left Fast X, and simply put, he had enough of the constantly changing script and dealing with Vin Diesel. So, in addition to directing the film he also had a hand in writing the script Lynn believed that he had locked the script before shooting but both Universal and Vin Diesel still had notes Lynn was already under a lot of pressure pressure as a key location had to be cut due to the war in Ukraine one of the villains hadn't been cast yet Jesus the budget was ballooning to near $300 million and the studio was sending a writer to polish the dialogue. Studios, I'm sorry, sources told The Hollywood Reporter that Justin Lin had a major disagreement with Vin Diesel on April 23rd that ended with a slam door and Lin reportedly saying, this movie is not worth my mental health. A Universal spokesperson told The Hollywood Reporter that any creative differences leading to producers, cast, or crew I'm sorry, I skipped the line. Any creative differences leading to Justin Lin's exit were with the studio, not with fellow producers, cast, or crew. The studio and Justin Lin reached an agreement, which enabled him to leave the production but stay on board as a producer. So the report also states that stuff that's been rumored for some time, that Vin Diesel had become a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the Fast and Furious franchise, Insiders say that writers on the franchise would pen action sequences only for Vin Diesel to say yes or no to them, kind of like Hulk Hogan in wrestling. It was up to the writers, I'm sorry, the directors to figure out how to make them fit, assuming Diesel didn't change his mind. The whole process is a mosaic that never stops moving, one insider said. A report from the Daily News even claimed that Diesel shows up late on the set. He doesn't know his lines, and he shows up out of shape. <laughs> so it, it's yeah. a clusterfuck. Jesus Christ! This I think like this movie's nightmare. gonna bomb. I think this movie's gonna bomb. I, I don't. Harder. The name alone, I think it's gonna do kind of the same business as nine. Yeah, I think I, people are getting tired of this shit. Well, I, they I, are. I really That's do. why this is it. This is this is a two part movie. This this isn't even a finished movie. Fast X and Fast Eleven are a two-part finale. 
So they've already confirmed Jesus. that. When you, when you said this, this is a two-part movie? Oh, yes. dude. A lot of two-part films are, are, are about to come out. So what, was, were you about to say something, Justin? Yeah, I was just going to say, this just shows that Vin Diesel's a shithead because he doesn't really have anything going on outside of these movies. Like, he comes out with a non-Fast and Furious movie and they kind of bomb. And it's like, you got a good thing going. Why? Like, it, I think it's a self-imposed. It's coming to an end. It's but all ego. Why be a in dick? My and, why? Why be it? Yeah, I just don't understand ego like that. Like, why fuck it up? Like, because once the series is over, that's then he gets to go away again, like he did for a while. You know, about 10, 15 years ago. He just nobody cares about what like riddick kind of ran its course nobody gave a shit about the triple x sequels i know he's only one of them but i mean this is it yeah i mean he hasn't he tried to is that that last witch hunter or something like that he tried to right. nobody cared get off the ground but nah exactly um i mean he's he's kind of got riddick in his back pocket He's always kind of like dependent on that to fall back on if in case something ever happened with this fast stuff. Um, but didn't I mean, the last Riddick movie not do anything? It did reasonable business. Eh, it did okay. bomb. It it did. I'm pulling it up real quick. It did okay. I remember it wasn't bad. Like as I far like as it. that type I of movie goes, it was movie. fine. Yeah, I, I think it was a fun movie. Um, so that was the one with uh, Batista and yeah. Katie Sackhoff, right? And, Is that the one I'm thinking of? And Jordy Moya, the uh, yeah. villain from Bad Boys Two, which we'll be talking about. When you um, when you brought up Hogan, I just thought of like, does, when does Vin walk in the back and he's like, work, that brother. doesn't work for that doesn't work, work for, me, for brother. me, brother. It's not gonna work <laughs> for me, brother. It's fucking scruffing his little goatee. I won't nah, sell for this shit. It's not gonna work for me, brother. That was his infamous words backstage all the time in wrestling. Um, so the movie did ninety-eight point three million dollars on a thirty-eight million dollar budget. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Must say so myself, considering Chronicles of Riddick did only one hundred and fifteen million on a hundred and twenty million dollar budget. <laughs> but the reason this film came out finally after 10 years or so and eventually at all is because of Vin Diesel, his name, and his relationship with Universal. A relationship which I'm sure they regret more and more each fucking day. I'm sure there's a lot of people that work there that are just counting down the days that this whole entire thing just ends. Uh, if, I, if I was working, I'd be one of them too. What were you going to say, Justin? I was going to say they made a ton of money on these things. I don't think they're that excited to see it, man. But they'll put up with an asshole's yeah, ego. Do they all? Do, does everyone actually see that money? I'm talking about like the higher, like the the studio I know. itself, I know. the higher ups. That's yeah, what I mean. I mean. People who work in the cafeteria probably hate the fucking guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm just tired of Vin Diesel. I just hope uh, I hate that ride at Universal Studios. I just hope next time he's at Universal Studios. Hold up, time the fuck out. Have you been on that ride before? You've been on that ride. Yeah, I went right after it. Fucking oh, opened. tell us about the ride, dude. I gotta hear the deets. Give me the damn it veggies. Is, How does it go? It, 
it is the worst piece of shit I have ever been on. No, but Damn. describe the ride. What does you do? Do it, you get in a fucking you replica car in, and drive around and shit? You, so you walk in, and the queue is actually cool because you're like in a garage and shit. Like it looks like Fast and the Furious, and then they have uh-huh. like the interactive pre-show, but like they and they have like a live actor there, like interacting with the screen, like oh, um, oh, you know, it's like Dom and um, they, they got a guy that's making a fool of himself. Yeah, and, but the person was, like, doing, like, an Aubrey Plaza, like, deadpan routines. It was actually pretty hilarious, like, watching her interact with the screen. Like, she was, like, just being sarcastic the whole time, so I actually oh, yeah. kind of liked that part. Um, sure she does and, it every fucking 15 minutes or so. I'm sure she's got a... I'm, how many times she does that bit every day? I'm sure she's got to do something to entertain herself. Anyway, so when you guys think Fast and the Furious, what do you think the vehicle is that you're going to board on that ride? Because it good. sure it's, shit wasn't what I thought. It's it's <laughs> going to be Vin's Pontiac, whatever the hell that is. The Charger? The nah. Charger. No. Nah. Nope. It's a fucking pink party bus is what you board. A oh, pink wait, party bus. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Or it could have been yellow. It was like a neon, like well, colored it, party it, bus. It could have been fucking indigo. It doesn't matter. A fucking party bus, really? <laughs> you you board it, and then you go through the tunnel. Oh, God. And it's like it's the same ride system as Kong, yeah. but it's like a big like you're riding on a vehicle, and it's a big circular screen. Oh, around it's a it. fucking it's a dome, a screen. It's dome. a dome, but it works for Kong. Because the whole thing isn't built around speed. So you're thinking Fast and Furious, you're going to be moving. Nah, you're moving like five miles an hour. You can move probably faster <laughs> on like a kid's fucking Hot Wheels. Like, it is so slow, so stupid. The proportions don't make any sense. But then Diesel's bigger than a fucking helicopter he's holding on to. Like, it, it just doesn't look good. Fucking sucked. I Like, nobody liked it. Like, everybody that rode it. Yeah, hated. I give that ride five more years. I hope Vin Diesel goes down there to visit, and they somebody fucking bulldozes it from Universal right in front of his face. Like I, I, I just give it would want to see that. Fuck that. I'll tell you. I want to see. I want to see Vin Diesel ride the ride. He probably has. What were you going to say, you Justin? How bad, that, how bad that ride is. I've been to Universal and was on that ride and completely forgot until Corey brought it up. Because I, I remember. <laughs> going, I remember. Going through- <laughs> Going through the garage part, the line, like that was kind of cool. I, I still, even after you talking about it, have no memory of that ride. I think I, I do think I made fun of the fact that it was like a party bus or whatever on the yeah. way out. But yeah, I, I completely had forgotten that I even had that experience. Bring back Earthquake. I miss Earthquake. Fuck that ride. And it, I don't know. Anyway, um, all right, let's move on then. Fuck it. So, I've uh, got a couple more uh, news bits, then we'll move on. Lionsgate inks a deal to bring all their theatrical films exclusively to Peacock in 2024. Thoughts? It begins. I mean, I'm I'm excited for Lionsgate, but at the same time, I'm sad because it's Peacock. And I'm not a huge fan of Peacock, the name or the service. I feel like nobody really cares about Peacock except for the fact that, like, you just I got it for free with my uh, cable. Like, that's the only reason I have it. Like, I I could care less about I Peacock. I don't mind Peacock. I I had it a couple months late last year when Halloween Kills was dropped on the on the platform. I uh, picked it up for a month ad free, and 
it carried over to about November, December. Um, I, you know, honestly, I didn't really get enough time to sit down and explore the actual library. I know it's only because I have subscriptions to other platforms that, you know, have equal to or more movies in their respective libraries. So, yeah. Um, I didn't mind it, though, at the end of the day. Um, hey, it's got all the, uh, uh, you know, it's got, um, what show is that that was on there? I, I, it slipped my mind. But they, 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 it's got there Yellowstone was a show on there. there. No, yeah. but there was an old show that, like, it's been a while since I've seen, and it's all the whole entire series was uploaded on there. I, it's slipped in my mind. I can't remember what it is right now, but, like, kind of like how Paramount Plus has all the MTV stuff on there, which is pretty cool. I like how they have all the old real-world seasons, although they don't have the complete collection of previous seasons. There's a couple of them that are missing for some reason. But, you know, Paramount's another one that I like a lot. Personally. Yeah. Who, who owns Time Warner's catalog? That's HBO, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm yeah. just waiting for... There's too many streaming services. They just need to start imploding on themselves. Uh, you know, we just need... Uh, a few less because I mean it's to the point where I just sign up for trials when there's something I want to watch just because and it's not because I'm trying to be cheap but it's like I already have like four or five services it's like I can't afford to have ten or like all the different major ones I know Netflix is losing subscribers and it's just it's just too much like it's it's still cheaper than getting cable though I know, but like the problem is my cable knows that, but they charge a buttload for internet. So it's like, they're like, ah, oh, you want just internet? Well, we're going to double the price essentially over yeah. five years. Yeah, so. true that. I have cable and internet, but I would assume like, because I don't, I don't watch television at all, so I don't give a fuck. But at the same time, if I did, I feel like streaming would be the way to go, but they would just charge you out the ass for internet. So I yeah. see what you're saying. We stream everything, but like literally, like when I first moved into this house, our internet was 55 bucks for like a mid-tier plan. It wasn't bad at all. And then now it's actually $20 cheaper a month for me to have internet and cable than to just have internet. That's pretty sad. (laughs) HBO Max and Tubi are like the only two that you need, in my opinion. Maybe Amazon, Amazon Prime. Tubi is your pick, really? Tubi's fucking awesome. Yeah, Tubi's got a lot of older films. Tubi's flying under the radar. Tubi was flying under the radar. I think people were starting to get hip to it, though. Yeah, Tubi's pretty awesome. All right, well, yeah, but another thing uh, before we move on, Lionsgate, it's like how many big, you know, franchises do they even have? Like what, like the John Wick movies, it's, you know, you're you still have the option to see these films in the theaters as well. It's not like they're going to be exclusive to Peacock once they come out. It's it's a whole, like, coinciding with, you know, a co-release theater and, and, and same day as VOD or whatever. So you, you, you still have options. It's not necessarily a bad thing. So, and like I said, it's, it's just, this is the beginning. It's going to happen with more and more studios. Guarantee it. You'll be surprised in the next two years from now just how many, like, studios HBO Max is now backing. I think uh, Sony's going to go kicking and screaming just because they want to sell all their physical shit. Yeah, I never thought about that. You just kind of... Yeah. 
Maybe. Um, all right. Let's see here. What else do I got? Um, so, you guys want to talk about Depp versus Manaher for a little bit? A couple, couple of uh, big uh, breakthroughs have happened since we've uh, last <laughs> Let me get talked. my popcorn. Hold on. Let me get. Yeah. Popcorn. Right. Okay. Uh, no. 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 It's been interesting. It's it's been um, Jesus Christ. And now the sea man heard the uh, Amber heard her latest is uh, just trying to get his his uh everything that happened within the last two week or so just his whole deposition just tossed. Um, didn't quite work. <laughs> yeah, it was already rejected. In fact, the judge was just like, yeah, no. And did you see the video of, of Depp's lawyer, like, flat out call her, like, a thief or, like, right in the middle of the courthouse or in the courtroom, <laughs> I mean? Uh, no, I didn't see it. Yeah, I'm pulling it up real quick. He, like, yelled it, too. Like, it was, like, a fucking act, like a drama, a courthouse drama film or something like that he was doing a tryout for or something. It just looked... I don't know. It was his, you can't handle the truth. It kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> here it is. He, um, what's he say to her? It's right here. She's the abuser in this courthouse and pointed to Amanda Heard while she just stood, sat there and twiddled her fingernails and shit like that. Whatever the hell. Every time they cut to her during these like readings and, 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 interviews or whatever and, and and questionnaires and she's just standing there sitting there just in her own little world like just making the strangest you know resting bitch faces so well when you know you did wrong what else are you gonna do she's basically like a fucking child really? being disciplined in front of the whole nation yeah, yeah I, mean, I can't imagine how she thought like this was going to go over well like once she started this whole whirlwind and then once he actually did something about it she tries and go well, she successfully did it we still have to worry about that coming up after this is all wrapped up and that is her counter suing him for double what he's suing her for it is fucking ludicrous yeah she's crazy as shit I mean like I don't know the whole story. I, I followed some of it. You know, do I believe they're both wrong in certain aspects? Sure. But when Depp oh, is yeah. looking like the sane person, holy shit, you've lost the fucking reservation. <sighs> like, you're off the reservation. You're in deep yeah. fucking water. <laughs> when he's the Pretty one much. coming off sane. Yeah, dude. Johnny incredible. Depp's been in a deep acid trip since, like, 92. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just, like, crazy. And it's just petty shit. Like, that's just how people get, like, out of a relationship. They just get bitter. She's like, I'll donate all the money. And he's like, all right, fuck you. I'll donate in your name. <laughs> and she's like, what? It's just crazy shit. Like, they're just <laughs> making moves to fuck each other over. And she hasn't just... testified yet. Like, it's bound to get even more crazy. No, that's yeah. next week. It's going to be very, or this week. It's going to be very interesting to see that. I can't wait. Save some popcorn for me, Corey. Um, so yeah, uh, now that uh, we talked about that for a little bit, that's all the news I got for the week. So let's um, bounce over to coming attractions. Coming soon to theaters. Let's talk about a couple of the uh, 
new trailers that dropped. Both of them dropped today, of course. That's usually how it works. Right before we go live, we get new trailers. Uh, but no, the first one... Uh, actually, no, this one was yesterday, not, not today. Uh, let's start with Don't Worry Darling, a film that we talked about last week on the show that uh, now we have a trailer. A full-fledged trailer, too. Yumi. Always. Yumi. Darling, all of you wives. We men, we ask a lot. Can't you see? We ask for strength, <laughs> food at home, a house clean, and discretion above all else. Boys and their toys. At least we know they're getting work done. Welcome to the Victory Project. We're all here because we believe in the mission. What are we doing? Changing the world. What are we doing? Changing the world. That's right. What do you think they're really doing out there? What do you mean? The one thing they ask of us is to stay here. Where it's safe. Do you even know what the Victory Project actually is? Have you ever asked? Do you? Please, what's actually happening? Stop it, Alice. What if this place is dangerous? What if Stop it! No. Jack, it's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this. I need you to listen to me. They're lying about everything. We are not going backwards. We're pushing forward. Everyone is acting like I'm crazy. And I'm not crazy. Our life together. We could lose this. I don't trust him. Personally, I really dig this. I really like the uh, the mystery behind uh, the, the she, Amber Wilde. Of course, she wrote and directed this, uh, and she's also in the film. In her Olivia Wilde. Uh, that's what I meant, Olivia Wilde. She um really is striving. She's got this whole concept of like the nineteen fifties, kind of like a Stepford for a Stepford Wives esque plot where like. The, the husbands they go to war meanwhile the the housewives they stay home and like they're forbidden to go anywhere else but to stay home and like you know uh, just do yeah. all their, and, uh, their chores and their and, and 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 
going out with the other women around the neighborhood and stuff like that. Like, pretty much. And now we have this this whole thing of like, what's it's questions are being raised, and you have Florence Pugh, who's kind of like, yeah, I don't want to obey and follow like everybody else. I want to branch out and and find out the meaning behind all this, and what are our husbands actually doing when they are going out and you know, quote unquote, playing. And it is a lot of mystery involved in all this. And, like, it just, I don't know, this this trailer found a way to hook me. And I'm really looking forward to it in September when it comes out. I mean, I was already anticipating this film last year. This was already on my list prior to the the year even starting. Had not seen anything on the movie, not even a behind-the-scenes still. I just knew that um, Olivia Wilde was doing a crazy... 50s-esque horror movie and you had to see it. So, here we are. It's about to come out. Now we have the marketing officially underway. I mean, I'm yeah. ca- I'm, I'm really curious to hear what everyone else thought of this. Or am I here alone on this boat? Corey, you go first. Uh, I'm interested in it. I mean, I, I think Wilde definitely has a vision uh, in her head and I'm interested to see what it is. I just hope it doesn't turn into one of those movies, uh, kind of like how the Charlie's angels, uh, the new Charlie's angels turn into where it's like men, bad women, good, you know, like just craft a good movie and then you can have the messages in there, but it, it it can't override everything else just to serve whatever kind of message, uh, the director wants to have. Like you got to craft a good story first and then you add that stuff in there so i'm hoping that's how this is but i mean it looks pretty good i got faith in wild i mean i liked book smart so uh i'm optimistic yeah book smart book smart's good book smart is really good i actually have that movie on blu-ray um i really did like that movie when it first came out so uh i totally forgot to acknowledge that movie so um justin what'd you think um, it looks okay. I, I need to see a little bit more. Um, I felt like some of it was a little, I mean, not knowing what it is. Some of the imagery was like, I felt like lifted from other movies. Like you mentioned, Step for Wives is an obvious um, influence on it. I was getting a little bit of master vibes from Chris Pine. So um, I hope it's not just like, Olivia Wilde trying to be artsy by taking bits and pieces of other movie, you know, other well-known movies and just kind of stringing it together. Um, but I'll, I'll check it out when it comes out. Um, I still haven't seen book smart. I actually, in addition to a streaming service like Tubi, I also will sometimes rent movies from the library. Like the library actually has like a good, you know, I mean, there's each library is different, but they actually Fuck have yeah. a good selection of movies. So book smart is one that I have now. Um, Queen and Slim, you guys have been recommending that one, so I got that too. And Good. I just, yeah, I just got to get around to watch. You know, I got a handful. I got to get around to watching that, that I rented. <laughs> I feel like it's an old man hack because uh, I rent stuff yeah, from absolutely. the from the library too. I have four movies upstairs right now that I got to watch. I'll rent. I oddly enough, I don't check out books because I, I'm like addicted to buying books. So I buy so many books off of Amazon or the thrift store, like. I have more books than I'm ever going to read in my life. So when I go to the library, I just rent movies and, and CDs and I'll just rip the CDs onto my computer and then, you know, watch. <laughs> and I definitely feel like a 75 year old man, like I'm getting away with something doing it too. 
That's funny. All right. Um, Another second. Andrew? Yeah. Movie looked good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to skip me. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed the trailer. I have literally never heard of this film before until you guys started mentioning it, but it looks really good. I like Harry Styles as an actor. Um, I like Florence Pugh. I, I definitely like Midsommar. Uh, so I'm excited to see uh, how exactly this film goes. I don't know if it's full-blown horror, but definitely a suspense film for sure. Um, before we move on, Ed, did you hear about what happened to Olivia Wilde at the con let's during the panel? Let's talk about it. Not only did I hear about it, but the video was released earlier today on TMZ. And I saw it, it like last week. Or whenever it happened. Like you heard about it. Was, you didn't see the video. I it was a, no, I saw a video. Yeah, I saw her get served on stage. Really? Yeah. The day when, the, I when thought you the video it, that came out today that was like the first of its kind because of the whole like, like no cameras thing at, at CinemaCon. So it was kind no, of. No, I saw it. I thought it was a bit. I was like, is this part hmm, of like the movie promotion? Right. Yeah. I think, I yeah, think that's she, what everybody thought. Yeah, I mean, she's up there on, you know, selling the movie to everyone. Like, yeah, that's what you do when you're promoting your film at CinemaCon. And just, homeboy just comes up and just slides this envelope there in front of her. And she took it as a fan or someone dropping off a screenplay or something. Because she even jokes about it. Like, what could this be? Like, let's take a look at it now, shall we? And she's looking at it and she opens it up. And like, it takes her a minute to, like, look at it or whatever. And she finally sees what it is and she goes, oh. Oh, got it. And it just goes right back into like her pitch to like everyone, the audience. And I was like, damn, she pretty much composed herself. They weren't lying about that on TMZ when they were describing the incident. It's exactly what happened verbatim. She saw it. She said, okay. And just kind of like went back to her thing. And I was like, all right. Yeah. I mean, she handled it like a fucking boss. I give her that. She did. It's just so fucked up. That company. I, it's the you know, co- I don't know now, all the details. Let's it's that. not Sudeikis. It's not Sudeikis. It's the company. No. You hire a company, they fulfill it, they serve it. So it, it's their fault, and I know their logic, like, oh, we, sh- we know she'll be there, because I can imagine it's probably hard to get, like, a high-profile actress or director or something like that. But come on. Like, you get in contact with her people and set that shit up. To give it to her, like she knew it was coming. Probably you set that shit up ahead of time. You don't. You would. You, you would have that. thought that he had hired like hitmen or something like that to just roll up on her when she's least expecting it, and like even like he he probably I, didn't I, even I, hire. It, it was insane to me how they took care of this. Like that that's totally unethical. Yeah. I like the idea that Sudeikis actually did it on spite because I've never seen Ted Lasso, but isn't that isn't he supposed to be like the nicest guy on the planet? That character, yeah, yeah. The yeah, fact he's like, that he's like in real life is just some complete fucking asshole that would do something like that totally runs counter to the Ted Lasso character. Yeah, Ted Lasso is like the most optimistic, nice <laughs> character. I, I I've only seen a few episodes, but yeah, it is funny like <laughs> to think about that. All right. Uh, anybody else before we move on to the next trailer? No? Alright. Cool. Hey. Let's move on then. We also got air, air. We also got our first look at Weird, the Al Yankovic story starting Daniel Ratcliffe as, well, Weird Al. 
Hope you guys are ready for this. Yeah! He like a surgeon. Anyone got an accordion? Like a surgeon. Hey! Getting for the best. What can I say? I'm full of surprises. I can hear your heartbeat. Uh, so what do you guys think? I know it's not a whole lot. It's literally a teaser and and uh pretty much the majority of the footage shown was just his act that we've seen. And I know it's a biopic so I'm curious to see how they handle the story and to be honest before the next person goes I didn't even I, I didn't even know Weird Al Yankovic had a story let alone a story that warranted a, a major motion picture so uh Corey think, oh, Justin tongue in cheek. Oh, I'm sorry um, I, I, I think they're going to obviously go for a tongue in cheek thing because at one point he says something about to somebody have an accordion or hand me an accordion like five like from out of frame like five accordions just pop up so i think they're they're going to do it in the spirit of weird al but um i just it, like you know i've talked i talk about this all the time i just hate biopics like i'd rather watch weird al behind the music than daniel radcliffe play weird al i'm just not interested in that so, and i don't there's like a whole subculture of people that are like way super into weird al and I don't know why, but that weirds me out. Like Weird Al's fine, but there are people who follow him like the Grateful Dead. And I, I don't know. That's just weird. <laughs> so Weird Al is basically like a comedian in music. And this movie isn't necessarily like a it's it's all part of the gag. Right. Like it's not necessarily a biopic about Weird Al as much as it is a gag toward his entire career and who he is as like a comedian. So I get it. It's basically like if Lonely Islands did a full-blown movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just excited about it. I think Radcliffe uh, definitely looks the part. Like, I, I was impressed with the way he looked. Uh, I think he has the cadence and sound down fairly well. Um, I honestly <laughs> didn't think he really looked the part. That's what I thought was part of the gag. Like, yeah. he, he looks comedic, very comedic. I, I agree with that. I think he looks kind of the part, but not As if he went to a part. costume shop. Yeah, and I'm not. I mean, it doesn't sound like him either. I don't know. I, I but maybe that's I think, what they're going for. I think he captures the essence. Like, I don't think he looks exactly like the guy. It's not like one of those situations. But I think he captured it. I, I mean, you know, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Weird Al. I mean, I used to have his CDs uh, back in the day, play it like on my old boombox, and then speaking you know, of even more speaking of the stuff. Metzgers. Yankovic 5, baby, bringing it back. <laughs> the Yankovic 5. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, UHF. I have the Screen Factory Blu-ray of that. Uh, I, I, that movie's always had a soft spot in my heart. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it, it might not be a one-for-one, one, but I think uh, Radcliffe uh, did a pretty good job capturing... Like, like uh, just looking at him, I can tell it's Weird Al. It kind of reminds me. It sounds like Weird Al. I'm not saying it's like one for one, but, you know, that might not be what they're going for, like you said, Andrew. Again, it just feels like it's all part of the satirical gag to it. Like, as opposed to doing a biopic, like, 
beat for beat what is life supposed to be it's it's all part of the joke yeah um you know i don't want to you know speak too highly or too low on it i don't want to say too much at all because there's really not much to say like i said it's it's just a, te- a teaser it's nothing it's just a teaser and it's just there to serve a purpose and that is to let people know that hey this is something that's happening more coming soon once we get more filmed because they're still in production with this movie and you know it's more of the same everything that we did see it's just him and what I'm assuming would be fragments of a montage once the final film hits and did I read that correctly it's a Roku original <laughs> Which means I'm surprised no one's brought that up yet it's that I was like oh Roku original? What? Didn't even know Roku had originals. Apparently they do, but only on Roku. Five people watch them. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. Alright. Is there anything else? Probably bought all the Quibi. Roku oh, probably Quibi. bought all the Quibi shit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All that Quibi stock. Christ, I've never seen such a bigger flop in my entire life. That was... DNM <laughs> I literally was like, eh, some of those shows sound interesting. I might do like a free trial. Oh shit, it's canceled. It's gone. Okay, never mind. Yep. It, it happened like that. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I guess that's why there's a lot of... Uh, what is it? There was a couple of shows that, were, that came from Quibi. That, like, there was a horror show, I think, that went to Shudder. And didn't something else from Quibi go to um, AMC or something? I don't know. I, I the, the the less I remember about that fucking thing, the, the better, I guess. So moving on. Um, well, shit. Let's move on to uh, cancellations. Who we cance- Who we canceling this week? Someone just got canceled. Someone just got canceled. Someone just got canceled. I wonder what they did. Uh, I'm going last, gentlemen. So, um, how about we start with Justin, the one who usually does go last. Why don't you go first? All right. Yeah, like I told you, I, I usually don't have anything, but this week I had two to choose between. Um, I'm not going to go into it, but one of them was there's like this. There's an article. It's in the Guardian about the Northman. And it just talks about like how kind of far right ideologies are clinging on to certain movies and the Northman being like, I guess the latest and most well-known. Right. But it, it, and it kind of like, I don't want to say it flat out blames the filmmakers, but it, it, it questions them. It's like, well, don't you need to be a little bit more careful about the kind of content you're putting out because the far right might latch onto, and it's like that's not the fucking filmmaker's responsibility. It's such a stupid thought. Right, right, right. And I like, there, there's like a whole thing going on now where they're like labeling movies and filmmakers fascist, and even Wes Anderson is like getting lumped in with this. And it's like, really, like you, you think Wes Anderson is a fascist filmmaker? Like, it's just it's dumb. But that's not what I'm canceling. Andrew had it right. I'm canceling the Met Gala. Um. I just think it's fucking repugnant. It's 
just rubbing it's rich people rubbing everybody else's noses and shit um and the theme which i i mean it's so on the nose that you you couldn't even make this up if, if somebody wrote this in a movie they would be accused of going over the top the theme is the gilded age which is like an exact mirror of what's going on today with like income inequality and a handful of like billionaires running everything and workers rights getting trampled on and it's like all these rich fucks are gone and celebrating that and just like openly and happily like and just expecting everybody else to lap it up it's just a disgusting display of wealth and it needs to be done away with it disturbs me honestly that the met gala is still as big as it is like it's honestly like it's bigger every year it's completely it's completely unethical honestly like to have that much money and instead of like doing anything with it, you flaunt it now i don't want to be that guy He's like, oh, you should spend your money on wiser things. No, you should spend your money on whatever you want. But for everybody to collectively get together and be like, look how much money I have. Let's show it off in the dopest manner as far as like aesthetics go. And like, I don't know. It's completely ridiculous to me. It's just like there's nothing there's nothing healthy or like forward movement about the Met Gala at all. I never understood it. I never will. And I don't want to be that guy who sits there and complains about money or anything like that, but like it's just unethical. The NYPD probably had to sweep homeless people away from the street to make room for all the limousines and rich people to flaunt their wealth. It's just our, our priorities are just real fucked at this point. And it point. does what? You know what I mean? Like who in the fuck? What? What complete warped human being is sitting down being like, I can't wait for the Met Gala and just being heavily invested in it? Like, oh, my God. I, I understand that people are interested in fashion. I don't want to be a complete killjoy. I mean, I get it. Like, people like looking at fashion and and some people, you know, that's an industry. Some people make livings that way. So, it, I, but just the way it's done is so fucking gross. And I just, I don't understand people's obsession with watching wealthy people i'll just i've never understood it going back to when i was a kid and lifestyles of the rich and famous was on tv i just i don't understand the obsession yeah i should retract what i said i mean like i understand the art aspect of it but i feel like the met gala in particular just exceeds more than like art as far as the message they're trying to produce it's i don't know not not a big fan Is no any does anybody else think the behind the scenes stuff of the Met Gala is like that movie Society? Brian Houston's <laughs> yeah, uh, movie. That's just what I imagine. Just yeah. all them fucking and melting together in the background, flaunting their money. And then it's when they did sick. it, it was either last year when COVID was still kind of a thing, or I, I'm not sure if they did it the year before. But all the pictures you saw were a lot of like liberal types who were telling everybody that you, you're an enemy to the people if you don't wear a mask and like none of them were mar- wearing masks and then all the people in the background who like were the servants and worked there all had masks on it's just the optics of that thing are so fucking atrocious that it's it's mind-boggling to me that nobody gets it, it and it just goes back to my point like they're just gleefully now rubbing our noses and shit and it should piss everybody off I agree. There's nothing good that comes from it. Uh, so I want to cancel. Now, this is going to be this is going to sound very stupid, but 
let me get into the legality of it, I suppose. I want to cancel pirating video games on the PlayStation Vita. And what I want to cancel in particular is how hard it was. So yesterday I made a project. I wanted to put Nintendo and Super Nintendo on my PlayStation Vita. I want to also say that these are video games that I already own, so nothing is technically quote-unquote illegal about it. With that being said, it was such a fucking hassle to do it. And the reason that pisses me <laughs> off is because the PlayStation Vita hasn't been supported in six years. Like, why in the hell does PlayStation care so much about keeping the legal purpose of the Vita alive? <laughs> right. So much that you just keep cock blocking me when all I want to do is put Nintendo and Super Nintendo on my PlayStation Vita because you fuckers won't give me anything for it. So I'm sitting here staring at this damn video game system thinking to myself, like, why do you guys care about this so much? You stopped producing it six years ago. You stopped supporting it four years ago. Why do you keep shutting me down for these damn things that I want to do with it? So that's what I'm going to do. Sued. I want to. They don't want to get sued. That's all. I mean, yeah, I get that, but come on, man, you gave up on it. Just officially give up on it. Walk away and let me do what I want to do with it. Look, I bought your damn system. Just let me do what I want to do with it. <laughs> Andrew, have you have you looked into that? Uh, I forget what it's called. I had one a while back. It was like GDP or GPD uh, handheld. Like it's literally. Looks like a DS, and it's built for emulation, pretty much. I had one of those. It's like basically an Android oh, phone. I know, what you, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's basically it a Raspberry Pi with well, a little like, LCD screen attached. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's more than that. It's like basically an Android phone, but built like a DS, and it's made for emulation and different games. It has like a decent screen and uh d-pad and uh analog sticks and stuff like that uh, that worked pretty good for emulation yeah but i mean i I've get al- it i've always been fa- a fan of pirating and maybe not in an illegal fashion again i want to throw that out there like i own these games purposely on like virtual console or hard yeah, hard like physical emulation. matter but i like it. i like to conveniently put it in my pocket and play it and have it not be like on my cell phone you know what i mean but it's just always been a pain in the ass. And I understand from a legal purpose that it is. But, man, the people on the Internet, y'all could be a little bit easier with this. <laughs> it's like, all right, so you got to download this from this website and then this, the BIOS files from another website and the ROMs from another website because if we all get caught in this band together, then we're going to jail. It's like, motherfucker, just tell me what to do. <laughs> just tell me so where to it. go. I, as dumb as it sounds, I want to cancel... <laughs> pirating on the internet <laughs> all right i'll allow it it's too hard um you know what for the first time after doing this for the last you know two or three months or so uh i usually come prepared uh, not with this one not today i i can't think of someone y- you know what uh let's cancel the alpha male motherfuckers from the fresh and fit podcast because i'm tired of hearing about them in the in the in the in the news, and I'm tired of hearing their sound bits. And now they've made their way to Twitter, and people are bringing them up. And I'm like, this is nothing new. They've been doing their stupid antics on their stupid fucking show for the last couple months now. And personally, I think half of it is just for the attention. They just do a really shitty job of do, of, of even doing that. And they're just people who are desperate for attention they're getting it obviously and uh yeah they're trash they're scum and that's that's my cancellation just real quick yeah throwing it out there just easy peasy moving on anyone else who who, who didn't go did we all go now i still didn't go okay cory no nah, saving the best for last I didn't go. 
So, mine is going to be a hard-hitting cancellation. I mean, we're talking, uh, this is going to be earth-shattering, guys. Get them. <laughs> I'm canceling old fucking DVD menus. Oh. Like, all... The- <laughs> I know, fucking, it's going to be in the newspapers tomorrow. Um, I, anytime I go back to an old DVD, like, you know, from the late 90s, early 2000s, I'm reminded how obnoxious the fucking menus were back then. Just because, you know, look at us, we got the new DVD, let's make everything fucking move and interactive. Uh, play videos and load and interactive and make shit very fucking obscure. So, a prime example, I was watching Bad Boys. I have a DVD copy. And it's like the mm-hmm. old school fucking Columbia DVD that came out back in the day. Yeah. And I'm trying to pick a scene selection. So I go to scene selection, easy enough on the main menu, click in, and my four options, there's four scenes, and then I'm like, okay, how do I get to the next screen? There's four options. There's a gun, a back arrow, a fucking like cross, and I think like sunglasses. So I'm like, okay, so let's see which one's which. I was <laughs> like, hmm, the arrow might be it. Nope. Nope. And then uh, that took me somewhere else. I take <laughs> click on the gun. That takes me back to the main menu. Fucking course. You know, gun equals main menu. Um, and then I hit the sunglasses, and then uh, fucking Mike Lowry pops up and starts talking to me. And then I think I finally hit the last one, whatever it was, the cross, and that got me to the next one. And at that point, I just started banging my head into the coffee table and fucking fell over and knocked out. And didn't watch it, so, yeah, fuck the old DVD menu rental, or uh, menus, fuck that shit. You know what I remember about old DVD menus, and I don't know why this immediately came to my mind, but me, myself, and Irene, if you sat there and watched the main menu theme or whatever it was, like, it was like a minute long, if you watched it three times in a row, all of a sudden a question came up asking you if you wanted to take medication or not, and if you said no, all of a sudden Hank came on. And it just switched to a different menu. I don't know. That's all I wanted to throw out there. I think we all got that out of the way. All right, final category. Weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Uh, Let's see. Corey, why don't you go first this time? So I actually have um, one I want to bring up because I know Sean was probably going to bring it up. I'll just bring it up briefly uh, since he's not on here. I started watching that um, Paramount Plus show, The Offer. Uh, I'm like an episode. I'm like an episode and a half in. I think they released three episodes. Um, And I just want to say it is a uh, quality show. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of it is dramatized. Like, I have a hard time believing all all this shit happened. But, you know, it's entertaining. And uh, fucking Miles Teller is aces i mean the whole cast is good but miles teller is really good um as a producer i forget his name uh, ruddy or whatever um but my main recommendation is uh just a movie i threw on the other night it's just one of those i'll put on every once in a while when it's late at night and i don't really want to pay that much attention just an easy movie to watch uh and it's near and dear to my heart because it was filmed here in baltimore uh but uh, the Keanu Reeves, um, Gene Hackman starring The Replacements. The Replacements. Uh, always, always had a soft spot in my heart because they filled it. Um, yeah, filled it. Filmed it at the new, um, at the then new Raven Stadium. M&T in the Stadium. early 2000s. Yep. And then uh, I've just always enjoyed the movie. It's just harmless, stupid fun. If like you Keanu like Reeves it, is good. Get the fuck out of here. He's wiry. 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 What the shit does that mean? Wiry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, I always loved 
Ole, 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 ole. Hey, cheers, bitch. Yeah, that'll do, pig. That'll do. I'll do, pig. That'll do. I've I've just always loved the cast of characters. It's got uh, good supporting roles. Got like um, Orlando like, Jones. Um, Orlando Jones. It's got uh, make seven up yours. Favreau. John Favreau right before he hit it big. Yes, yeah, Bateman. Guy. He's funny as shit in that movie. He's the highlight. I always thought that he was the best part. Every time he gets Bateman. fucking crazy, and every time you see him, he's got like a broken nose or a bloody nose or something like that. He's always like got his face mangled up from beating his head against everything. He's just a funny, goofy, off-the-cuff character who I've always dug. Yeah, it's just got it's just a fun supporting cast, just a fun movie, and it's like a feel-good movie. You just watch it, you know, you you watch the fucking team win and you feel good and you get laughs. I mean, it's still like it still gets genuine laughs in a couple parts out of me. So, yeah, it's just a fun easy movie. You know you're in for a heavy movie going experience when lit is like half your fucking soundtrack. I was just thinking you know of that fucking band cuz they they break that movie in. Oh, they they they, they that's the first thing you hear is that lit song. I forgot what it's called. Yeah. Um, and then there's that super cringe moment towards the end where like, uh, what the hell is his name in the movie? Falco, Shane Falco. Falco. Yeah. Footsteps Falco. Yeah, him and uh, <laughs> whoever the, the the lead girl is. But they have that moment where like he's gonna walk out and then he turns around and he's gonna go in for the kiss. But you hear fucking John Madden in the background and, and Pat, uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking, Pat Summerall, Pat Summerall yeah. and John Madden fucking doing play by play of the whole thing. It's just super fucking. It's of course in a football movie you have this goddamn what? shit. One of my favorite running gags in that movie is fucking uh, the kicker. What's his name? Reese. Fans or something. Reese What's the I- actor's Ifans. name? Reese Ivans. I one of my favorite running gags is he's just fucking smoking the whole movie. Like yeah. you see him in the locker room, he's smoking. Then he's on the field, and Madden's like, "Is that guy smoking?" Like <laughs> I just love that whole fucking running bit where he's smoking the whole time. Yeah, you were hiding behind the jukebox. That's good stuff. I like the replacements. That's a fun movie. I often go back and revisit that from time to time. So. All right, uh, Andrew, I believe you have a special recommendation for us. Yeah, so I've got two recommendations. Uh, the first recommendation is Amsterdam. It's a 1988 <laughs> Dutch slasher film made by a guy named Dick Moss, which means Dick Moore. Uh, it features a bunch of Dutch actors that I've never heard of, nor can pronounce their names. And it features a serial killer who does things in the Dutch capital. <laughs> I should fucking with, hope so. And somehow, some way, it involves a detective's girlfriend who are linked to the murder. So maybe How she's convenient. just the girlfriend. Maybe she's just Dutch. Maybe she's just a murderer. Who knows? <laughs> All I know is it's 105 minutes, and that's like 15 <laughs> minutes too long. You're it's miss- supposed to be a Dutch horror film. You're- 90 minutes, bro. Let's cut it off. Bro, you're missing the best part with the fact that the killer is a fucking scuba diver. Did you miss and that? Scuba Steve's in this. Hold scuba on. Steve. Scuba Steve. Who, who portrays Scuba Steve? Damn you, Scuba Steve. <laughs> Damn oh, you. Great. Scuba Steve. My- <laughs> so anyhow, go check it out. Uh, just... Um, be prepared. It's 15 minutes too long. Um, 
That's that's a, it's 105 minutes. It's a Dutch horror film. It should be 90 minutes flat. I love here. that, that extra touch and be weird. It's 15 minutes too long. Oh, that's good. So my actual recommendation, again, kind of highlights what I said last week. It's a season of a television show this time. It's season one in particular of Fargo on FX. <laughs> Okay, I oh, like yeah. that. It's it has, good stuff. yes, with Billy Bob, Billy Bob Thornton, yeah. Martin Freeman, Boris Colin Hanks. It's it's a fucking magnificent show. And, and I haven't Dennis seen it since. It's always sunny. Oh yeah, that is that. That's right. He's in that. But uh, I I haven't watched this since it first premiered. I was thinking about watching it the other day, but like it's one of those I've only seen it like a couple of times, but it always plays out in my head. It's such a magnificent show. Um, just to convince you of how good the show is, just watch the first episode. Yeah. Oh, have you seen it, the other seasons? I Andrew? unfortunately have not, no. That's okay. what I'm saying. I'm about to go through and watch them all now because I've heard good things about them, but at They're the same good. time, like season one is what I always hear people talk about. And right. I mean, I've obviously seen it myself, but I'm saying like comparisons from other people. Yeah, it's like, you know, obviously an anthology, so they're all different. I haven't seen the Chris Rock season, I think the newest season, so I have to go back and watch that one, but all the ones I've seen have been fucking awesome. How was uh, that Chris Rock Saw film? Hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I actually like it. Uh, I, I own it, so. Alright. Alright. Uh, Justin, you've been kind of quiet. What do you got for us this week? Uh, I, I haven't been watching a ton the past couple weeks. I, I've been reading a little bit more at night. Um, I will say I, a couple weeks ago, it's a movie I've been wanting to see for a long time. And Andrew's recommendation, I was like, all right, I got to finally fucking watch this thing. It's Ex Machina. And I got to say, just on one viewing, it's already like a five star movie for me. Like I was fucking blown away and mad at myself that I waited so long to, to watch this thing. Good um, um, for some reason, I've been watching a lot of early 70s Robert Mitchum movies lately. I know that's not probably going to be everybody's cup of tea, but um, he's always kind of thought of as a, as a tough guy. And he's kind of like a schlubby loser in a lot of the 70s stuff that he's doing, like the, the Friends of Eddie Coyle, which I recommended before. Um, something called The Wrath of God, which it points reminded me of sort of Raiders. Like I, I was thinking when Spielberg made Raiders of the Lost Ark, he had to watch this movie because I was. I was getting strong vibes of that. Um, Going Home is a movie I watched the other day, which wasn't great, but he's really good in it. So, uh, you know, if you can check out some some 70s Robert Mitchum, I need to check out his movies where he played Philip Marlowe. Um, he did, I think, two of those, so I want to check those out. But the one I watched the other night that is probably my favorite that I've seen the past couple of weeks is um, Unlawful Entry with Kurt Russell, uh, Ray Liotta and Madeline Stowe. I like that. I movie. never. Yeah, it was like the, in the late '80s and the early '90s. It was that whole glut of like movies where it was always like, sort of like a yuppie, well-to-do couple has somebody like enter their lives who's like a friend at first, but then ends up being the psychopath and, and upends their lives. And I just got bored after a couple of those, so I never watched this one. And it was on, and I'm like, ah. Eh, it's a good cast like how bad can it be and i ended up really liking it like the third act it, you know it falls apart a little bit like those movies kind of tend to do in the third act but you know for a good hour and a half it, it's a really solid um you know early 90s thriller great performances and i i posted this on twitter but i got like, forgot what a pleasure it is to see madeline stowe in a movie like i i forgot how much i really like just 
she's smart she's just a beautiful woman she always anytime i see her in a movie i get like extra excited that she's in it we were talking about the two jakes last week because um and you finally watch chinatown i like two the two jakes has been sitting on my dvr and i've been wanting to watch it and i saw that she's in it so now i'm even more excited to rewatch that so yeah if, if you haven't seen it or it's been a while give unlawful entry a look Oscar Isaac. The first time I saw of Oscar Isaac was actually an ex machina. So huh. knowing that he was in Star Wars coming up, I was like rather excited for his uh, role in it. Terrible role in that film franchise, by the way, but still enjoyed, you know, him as an actor. Right. Yeah. I think Sucker Punch was the first thing. I, the first thing I remember seeing him in anyway. First thing I saw him in was a film that he did with Shannon Tatum called 10 Years Justin Long. Oh yeah, it's I like it actually, and uh, Chris Pratt's in the film also. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of people a lot of people a lot of people show up in that film that are huge yeah. now. So yeah, I've always appreciated it and liked it for what it was. And he's in the film. Um, I think him and Kate Mara have a little fling going on throughout the film. All right, so I'm recording this a couple days later after realizing that I forgot to provide a recommendation myself. So that being said, this week's recommendation is going to be Mary Shelley's Frankenstein from Kenneth Branagh. I initially watched this when it was first released on VHS back in the mid-90s. I mean, I even remember the old Mon Pop video store I rented it from and where I watched it and all that good stuff. But I honestly never went back and watched it again. Fast forward to last week when the lovely people over at Arrow Video released it on 4K for the first time. So I decided to pick it up from Best Buy and I revisited it and I definitely was not disappointed. It still holds up. You get more backstory than in the original film and the special effects and makeup look really damn good. Plus, you've got Rob De Niro as the monster. It's a different role for the actor, and he's able to pull it off in such a menacing way. It's a tragic story, and Bonna's vision is definitely one that you should check out, even if it's at least one time. Pick it up, support physical media, stream it, just however you can watch it, do so, because, you know, it's, I feel it's worthy of a rewatch. Um, doesn't get a whole lot of play and uh yeah so that's this week's recommendation so uh okay well i guess uh unfortunately we have reached the end of the show i know this is the worst part when we all must depart if you want to hear more from us then be sure to check out our bad boys episode that we did this week if you haven't already in case you didn't know for whatever reason it's bayhem month here on the film effect each episode uh, we'll be featuring a different one of us the usual suspects of course co-hosting with me Corey join me for bad boys this week and we'll be back for bad boys 2 at the end of the month next week is armageddon with myself and sean i think that's gonna be a really fun episode to do and i'm really looking forward to doing an episode with sean again it's been a while. And then we've got Pain and Gain with Justin and myself. And following out the lineup is myself and my brother Andrew here doing The Rock. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up this month. Don't forget to check us out over on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, email, all that good stuff. Links on the episode notes as they are for every episode. And don't forget to help us gain more listeners by leaving quick ratings and reviews. Apple, Spotify, directly at a website. You know the drill. All right. Well, Corey, Andrew, 
Justin, anything else before we depart? Nope. Have a good week, everybody. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, the when this episode's releasing, just happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Yeah, you know, I don't buy into happy the, Mother's Day. I, have to, I totally fucking forgot about that. Um, I don't buy into all the commercial shit. Like, I don't think you need to buy an expensive gift for your mom or your wife or whoever. You know, it's just about a day of, you know, appreciating mom. So, uh, dedicated to you, Wiggy, and my wife, Holly. Happy Mother's Day. And all you have to do, people, it's not about, you know, just gifts and stuff like that. Just a text message or a phone call. That's all it takes. So, anyway. um, This is Ed, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Take care now. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye, everybody. This concludes our broadcast day. Andrew was on mute.